I have with me uh, Mr. Steve Legg, friend of mine, uh, and um, I thought it'd be great to talk about some of his story, his faith. You may know him for different things. You may know him for Sorted Magazine or something called The Gathering. We'll go into all those things. There's loads of reasons why you may know him, but um, yeah, hello, Steve. Hello, Andy P. Um, so just uh, wh- how do you think people know you best today when you, you've done so many things? How do people first think, oh, I know you because what what do people know you from now? You know, I think most people know me from the gigs. So I've been on the road 35 years, man and boy, doing magic and comedy to communicate the gospel. When I started off in 88, I was doing escapology. I kind of took that on from a friend of mine called Pete Gilbert, who was a real pioneer in creative communication. And I really took it on from Pete. And I would get out of a straitjacket and I'd do that hanging upside down from the top of a crane, 50 metres in the air, upside down. And I don't like heights. I do uh, that manacle between jeeps going in opposite directions and use it as very visual parables of how things in our lives stop us from being free. Things tie us up. Ultimately, sin ties us up, separates us from God and God can set us free. So that's kind of how I started. Um, I just recently celebrated 35 years, as I said. And I think I've done 27 countries in that time, probably 10,000 secondary schools. So people come up to me, you know, saying, I saw you 25 years ago. You you came to our school, did an assembly. So that's lovely. Um, people have, have booked me. I do comedy nights and alpha launches and all that sort of thing. Family friendly events um, through the big agricultural shows and TV, you know, years ago. Um, London Weekend Television phoned me up and they said, uh, we've seen you out and about and doing snippets on TV. Would you come and co-present a series with Gloria Hunniford? It's live. It's every Sunday morning on ITV. So that was a buzz until they sacked me for being too much fun for religious TV. <laughs> so at the time I was gutted, but I quite like that, really. I was the only Christian on the team and I was too much fun for religious TV. I like that. Isn't that cool? <laughs> Right. So um, you've been doing gigging, escapology, all that stuff. Um, Sorted Mag is another thing that people may well know you from. So just give us give us a rundown on Sorted. What's the story of that? Yes, yeah, so a Sorted Magazine, men's lifestyle magazine. Probably, yeah, so we're 16 next month, 16 years old. But 16 and a half years ago, I was having a chat with my accountant in the school playground. And uh, I always have to explain, we both had kids at the school. We didn't just meet there to discuss my tax return. And he was telling me how his 10-year-old son's mates were bringing lads mags into the playground, things like Nuts and Loaded and FHM and some of these mags that aren't quite top shelf, but pretty close to it, that objectify women, really nasty, horrible content in there, really unsuitable and inappropriate. And he said, wouldn't it be great if someone started a Christian version? that was good and wholesome. It could go into prisons. We could send them into schools as well. It could be available for fellas as something more wholesome than, um, than lads mags. So he said this to me and I, I wandered home and I felt God nudge me a little bit, which might sound strange to people who aren't Christians who don't believe in God. But I felt this bit of a nudge saying, well, why don't you start something like that? And I thought, well, what do I know? I've got an O level in English and I know a lot of people. And I thought, you know, come on, Finance follows faith, which has been my mantra for 35 years. And I kind of stepped out and fell in faith. And I spoke to Bear Grylls, who we knew back then. He wasn't as famous as he is now. And we interviewed Kaka and we got some great columnists and great um, features in the magazine. And Sorted was launched 16 years ago in November. And next May, June, it's our 100th edition. So we come out every two months and have been doing so for nearly 16 years. And it goes into prisons, Andy. I think I've told you before, it goes into, I think, 76 
UK prisons, which is amazing. The chaplains at Belmarsh, which is a category A just outside London, uh, emailed me a while ago because I used to send them 80 magazines, two boxes. They said, please send another box because scuffles are breaking out when the magazines arrive and they're fighting over this <laughs> Christian <laughs> magazine. So that's lovely. It goes all over the world. It's very exciting. We've got digital versions, but I love the print magazine. And I love the fact that once you've received your copy, you can pass it on. You could take it to the pub, leave it in a coffee shop at the doctors, the dentist, the barbers, somewhere like that. Over the years, we've had people come to faith in trains and planes. Two pilots have written to me independently who came to, who came to faith because oh. someone left a, a magazine on their plane and they picked it up and they put it in their briefcase and they took it back to a hotel somewhere. And they read it and they uh, realized that uh, this Christianity lark is true. I knew that you were in prisons. I didn't know it was 76. That's really cool. Oh, it's amazing. And over the years, we sent a lot to the armed forces. My mate Steve used to work for the Navy Christian Fellowship. And he would take, I think, 450 magazines. And we'd be on every ship, every Marine base um, across the fleet. That's awesome. That's so good. I, I knew you were doing something and I knew it would be good. I didn't know it was quite that good. That's that's amazing. You know, it's so exciting. I love books because I write books, but there's something about a magazine that there'll be something in there. Um, yeah. I've written 17 books over the years and uh, people look at the cover and they look at the back and they may be interested. And a lot of people are, thankfully. But a magazine, there'll be something in there that will pique someone's interest. Yeah. And you flick through and uh, you end up hearing about Jesus, which in my book is what it's all about. Absolutely. Um, we, we look forward to it arriving. So Stephen's got a subscription and we look forward to the date when it comes to the Has a new one arrived yet? Because it's en route. Uh, possibly today. We have a late delivery. So it may be today. Oh, same here. Doesn't it drive you mad? Someone's four o'clock. <laughs> yeah, it's called a past lunch. Easy. So uh, yeah, we're, where are we? Yeah, it's not yet. It'll be a while, but hopefully. But it's exciting because he grabs it because it's his, he's paid for it. Yeah. That's fair enough. And then we're all kind of, have you finished yet? Can, can we have it yet? Brilliant. Joe loves it as well. So it's, um, it's, it's a really good mag. I can't, I can't express that enough. It's so good. Thank you. It's wholesome. It's fun. It's engaging. Like there's always something just grabs your interest. You think, Ooh, now I want to know more about that. Absolutely. I mean, amazing people we chat to. Plus there's your gadgets, your cars, there's your movies with our good friend, Andy Godfrey um tv music all that sort of stuff as well all that stuff you'd find in a lifestyle magazine but you know there's nothing in there that's going to embarrass you <laughs> um, i want to come on to the gathering but you said 17 books have you got yeah. a favorite that you've written do you know what? it's generally the one you're working on at the moment and i've just started a new one i'm on this crazy cancer journey right now and i've just started a few people have said you ought to write it down because it's an inspirational story. And uh, you came along to whole last week and heard a tiny little snippet of it. Yeah. But we want to, we want to talk about hope and faith and belief and laughter and having fun. And, you know, laughter is great medicine, Andy, Oh, definitely. unless you're type one diabetic and then you should see a GP, <laughs> but it is wonderful medicine. The Bible says it. So um, probably that at the moment. So I'm kind of enjoying that. It's sort of the wrong word because it's been quite a journey really. Yeah, it's, it's enjoyment's difficult, wasn't it? Because you, you I, I mean, I've written a couple of books, little small ones, but I love doing it, and then I'm on, I want the next one. So I, exactly. I get that. Is that that was great? Okay, what's next? And it's yeah. um, next it's, one, bigger and better. It's got to be, hasn't it? Yeah, it's not that you look back and think, oh, that wasn't good. It's just, yeah. But I love, I love the process of writing and editing, totally. going through the drafts, fixing the mistakes, making it right. It's um, exciting looking yeah. at cover designs and all this sort of stuff, and getting people's opinions. 
Yeah. Right. The Gathering. I want to come to your cancer story, but The Gathering. Uh, gathering I chatted to Carl recently. So uh, you'll make Carl uh, Beach. So tell us The Gathering from your perspective. What What is it you like about The Gathering? What is it you do in there? Well, I've been involved from the beginning. I've been involved with CVM. Oh, man. 25 years before Carl was even around. A little while. I mean, Carl was around, but uh, he wasn't involved with CVM. <laughs> the Christian Vision for Men, it's a men's organization that wants to reach men with the good news of Jesus. And the gathering, I think, probably started about 12, 14 years ago. I remember we were talking about it on a, well, I was going to call it a cruise. It wasn't really a cruise. It was a terrible old boat that went from Liverpool to Dublin. And we were just <laughs> chatting about me and Carl and my mate Nick and uh, other people just about putting on an immense event we really wanted to go to. So it's it's in a field in Swindon and it's two great big, big tops. And um, at its peak, it was two and a half thousand men pre-COVID. Went down to, I think, about 1,600 last year and it's gradually building up. And it's a weekend like like no other. Carl calls it a cross between Songs of Praise and Top Gear. <laughs> so there's things like axe throwing and wrestling but there's also things like chess and reading. So, um, you know, I hate all that macho stuff. I would much rather be in a restaurant with a Pinot Grigio having a nice meal than wrestling a bear and sleeping <laughs> sleeping in a stream. I hate all that sort of stuff. I have done it. Well, not wrestled a bear, but I've climbed mountains and done all that sort of I was going to circle back to the bear thing. I couldn't imagine you doing that particular one. <laughs> no, no, I've I've slept in ever slept in a stream, well, pretty close to a stream, but I've gone Kilimanjaro, so that's pretty impressive. Um, but it's a wonderful weekend. Graham Kendrick comes and leads worship with his band. There's great speakers. I sort of host it and do the warm up to every session, so it's a lot of fun. So it's crazy, it's fun, but it's really spiritually dynamic, and we see lives changed every year. And you'll come in next year, aren't you, Andy? Hopefully, God willing, we'll be there. You yeah, mean hopefully you've got to come, Andy Godfrey's well, the there. Plan. I'm there. Doctor Ken's there. We want to be there, definitely. You've that's got to plan. come. People will love what you're doing. They really will. I hope so. Yeah, we'll try. We'll, we'll make sure we'll try to be there. Um, God willing is a phrase that I learned from an African guy years ago because I was doing worship meeting one Thursday night. I'll see you Sunday morning. God willing. What do you mean, God willing? Don't you mean you're <laughs> going to be there? Well, I'm going to do my part, but I can't state what's going to happen. Yeah. So it's um, it's a phrase that I learned. From, was it Africa or Kenya? But it was just I say it now, almost off pat. God willing, because, yeah, I want to be there, but, you know, we totally. can't dictate the future. Um, which leads also, us on to your cancer story. I was going to really. say, same here. You know, last April, they gave me five months to live. So um, that was a month ago. So uh, <laughs> I should have been dead. So I'm planning to be there. God willing. Yeah. Um, so tell us about the cancer story. I, I got to know you sort of, um, I think it was the first time you'd had your surgery. And we sort of started chatting a bit. Yeah. And uh, then it was kind of getting better and better. And then all of a sudden, it didn't. So you, well, you never know with cancer, do you? No. You're never hundred percent sure. So essentially two years ago, my wife noticed a little black mark on the underside of my foot. My feet were sticking out the bed and she said, what's that? And I said, I don't know. She said, you should get that checked out. And I said, oh, I'm sure it's fine. And she nagged a little bit because so I walked my dog a little bit. Well, I walked my dog a lot. And so I wonder if it was a bit of a blister, blood blister or something like that. And she kept nagging. And nagging wives are good because they're normally right, aren't they, Andy? <laughs> oh, definitely. I'm with you on yeah. that one. <laughs> they're normally right. So it was sort of, well, it was in the middle of COVID. So um, I thought I can't see my local GP, but then I realized I could take a photo. So I took a photo, sent that in. She called me in. I'd never seen her before. And she said, I'm really not sure. 
going to refer you to a dermatologist, went to see the dermatologist, almost kicked him in the head when he gave me a, an injection into my foot to take a biopsy. <laughs> he phoned up two weeks later. I was watching the chase, quarter past five on a Thursday in November. And he phoned up and he said, I'm afraid to tell you, you've got a type of skin cancer, but I'm sure we can sort it out. And this journey started. So I was referred to a surgeon who cut it out and uh, I was off my feet for three weeks, but then called me back in to say it was so deep. It needed to go much deeper, about two centimeters, which is a long way into your foot and all the way around. Uh, I had some lymph nodes taken out because cancer spreads through your body, through your lymphatic system. So they found cancer in a lymph node in my groin. So they took that out as well. Uh, The lymph node, not my groin, I hasten to add. Um, yeah, I was was off. Um, yeah, I was off my feet for three months that time because wow. that was a really major surgery on my foot. Any other part of my body, I'd have been okay, but you need to walk, obviously, and yeah, if you yeah. can't put your foot down. So that was stressful. That was frustrating. God was good. I had cancelled gigs. Um, money mysteriously came through the post. People sent me stuff. Uh, people I should have been gigging for, uh, and I cancelled. They said, well, we're going to pay you in full anyway. I'm wow. sure you can come to us later. Um, started immunotherapy because the cancer had spread through my lymphatic system because chemo doesn't work on melanoma. And unfortunately, that didn't work, but it gave me type 1 diabetes. <laughs> so yeah, so good. <laughs> I've got me a little, in fact, where's my pen? I've put my pen somewhere. So if I go pale and faint, uh, call someone, Andy. Fine. Uh, so I have insulin. Um, before I eat and at night time, I was in your pocket, panic over. Um, <laughs> so I, so I have that had a much more major op, um, in January of this year, uh, that's only done a couple of times a year in the UK, wow. uh, where they opened me up and took out all the lymph nodes in my groin and pelvis. That was 29. They found cancer in 19 of them. And we hope that I got it. But as someone told me at the beginning, melanoma, it's like blowing a dandelion. The seeds go everywhere. Okay. And the seeds, uh, in my case, the melanoma had spread a little bit. And just after we'd seen you at spring harvest, you remember, you probably prayed for me. I was going off to see our oncologist on the Monday after spring harvest finished on the Friday. We walked in. She had tears in her eyes. The nurse in there had tears in her eyes and said, I'm really sorry to tell you it spread. There's nothing really we can do. And it's gone to your spine, to your liver, to your stomach and your brain. So we were really shocked because I felt pretty okay most of the time, apart from when I've had a knock. And I said, so how long have I got, Doc? I said, five days, five weeks, five months, five years. She said, well, probably five months. So hearing that was quite something. It's a bomb drop, isn't it? It's a a big moment. Wow. It really was. So we went home. We had to tell our five girls. I'd tell my mum and dad that was uh, pretty traumatic. In fact, I couldn't do any of it. I say we, my wife, Becca, did all that. I just didn't know what to say. And I was in a bit of a state for a few days. Didn't stop crying. Not ashamed to say that. But then I knew I had gigs the Thursday, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'd go and make people laugh, tell them about Jesus. And I thought, what do I do? And I spoke to people like Carl and my friend Steve Lee and Jonathan Vieira and, they, and Ishmael. And they said, look, if you possibly can, go and do it because this is what you were called to do. You'll feel tons better afterwards. And I went and did it and I came back and it was amazing. Had some amazing gigs. I was funny. Um, I, I had to get in the zone beforehand. I really did, particularly on the Thursday, because it was my mother-in-law's church. I knew people there and they all wanted to talk about it before. And I said, I don't want to be rude, but can we talk about this afterwards? Because I just didn't want to think 
things like that. I wanted to think happy, yeah. joyous things. So this is a journey I've been on, Andy, really. Um, I've, I've tried some more immunotherapy that made me really ill in the summer, so that's not worked. I had uh, radiotherapy on my brain, went up to the Marsden in London for some cyber knife therapy, which sounds absolutely horrific. It sounds terrible. I said to him, him, you've got to change the name. Call it cyber thingy. (laughs) Call it anything else, but but cyber knife. So two and a half hours while this cyber knife robot moved around me, blitz in my brain. I asked for some chart music. People are normally older and they normally have classical music. So I asked for chart music. Unfortunately, the second song was Cutting Crew. I died in your arms tonight. (laughs) Followed later by another one bites the dust and the DG's staying alive. So I told them afterwards, I said, you can't play songs like that. I used to do hospital radio. I'm sure you did. And as you know, there's songs like that are completely banned by hospital radio. They were mortified. I found it absolutely hilarious. And I've got four minutes of material out of it. Um, so that was funny. We've had funny things happen throughout. We really have. And I've seen the fun side and I believe I'm going to be here for a while yet. And I feel great. Amen. And I often quote Spurgeon, the great preacher, who said, we're immortal until our work is done. And I don't believe my work on earth is done yet. So I'm feeling good. I'm asking people to pray for me. I had a scan yesterday, a, a CT, and I had an MRI the week before. I speak to my oncologist tomorrow. So we'll see what happened. But, you know, the oncologist, the doctors are great. Uh, but it's God who has the final word. And I really do believe that whatever they might say. Totally. Uh, yeah, which brings you back to the laughter thing, though. You're you're in a situation where the music is making you laugh because you're seeing the funny side. Totally. But the medical staff are there going, oh, what I have know. you done? They were devastated. It was the day before the coronation, so they gave me a coronation cupcake to make up for it, so I was very happy with that. <laughs> that fixes everything, doesn't it, really? Yeah, oh, it did. <laughs> yeah, no, I was really thrilled to be able to come to see you last week because I, I mean, enjoyed it. You. Yeah, it was brilliant um it's only a short set but it was absolutely yeah. superb uh thank you got to meet your driver who was lovely we had a good oh, martin chat. yes yeah i just had 35 minutes so i was a bit under time constraints and uh, normally i would do 50 minutes in the first half another sort of half hour in the second second half so if people are after a clean comedy night an alpha launch anything like that family meeting so what i do i mean there obviously weren't any kids there but normally if there's kids involved we get if they're kids there we get the kids involved get them up on stage have a lot of fun with them as well so um, you, you said uh, you've had immunotherapy. You talked about scans. What are the doctors saying now that you're a month past and you're enjoying life and making the most of it? What are the doctors saying is next? Because obviously you're sort of past their their statement. What, what's yeah, their well, I'll know more tomorrow, really, because um, last time I had scans, we spoke to the doc and it was all very positive. There wasn't any great progression. There are a few little specks in my brain, but only tiny ones. So they'd obviously blitz those 13 and feeling so well, I mean, it's great. You know, I, I, I've i been in for the immunotherapy and further infusions there. And you go on the chemo ward and there's some people desperately ill and look grey and, oh, just sleeping the whole time. It's such a sad place. And there's me, fit as a fiddle, watching Only Fools and Horses, laughing away, um, feeling a bit of a fraud, if I'm honest with you, because I feel so good. Yeah, I can I can understand a tiny part of that. When I had uh, atrial fibrillation and I was in the cardiology ward overnight, I woke up in the morning, there's guys there having like really serious heart surgery or pacemakers fitting. I'm thinking, well, I just had a bit of a fast heart and it's kind of okay. Now, I felt like a fraud because I was yeah. basically okay again. Yeah. Um, but I remember the question when I was there lying in a ward within the inner sanctum of the A&E I didn't know existed. 
uh, with a consultant and a doctor caring for me, not a nurse in sight thinking, this is pretty bad. My heart rate was at 262, lying down, thinking, this isn't great. But I remember saying to the doctor, am I going to die from this? Because that was the first thing I wanted to know. If I'm going to die, let me let me deal with that and get on with this. Um, what did they say? Uh, no, you shouldn't yes. die from this. Not in, for another 40 years. Oh, thinking, really? Well, How old were you then? Uh, it's only two years ago. Wow. How old are you now? 46. 86, that's a good age. I was thinking that, but I don't want... <laughs> But what I, my initial thought was, so if my heart is at 260 for 40 years, it'll kill me. No, no, yeah. no. I mean, it'll get better yeah. if you have this in 40 years. But it's just, yeah, I saw a sort of a funny moment. Mm. Um, but laughter, it works, doesn't it? It it, it helps you us know get what? through. I've seen it throughout. You know, my, one of my first procedures went in to have this op on my foot and the nurse says, you'll have to strip down to your pants. And I said, can I just clarify, you do work here. Can I see your ID? Because this is an operation on my foot. I thought it's just some strange woman coming in to get her kicks at the hospital. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the oncologist, you know, I was on, had gone steroids, which made me feel rough, but made you cured the colitis as well. And I said, well, on the plus side, I'll get some really good guns if I yeah. go to the gym. And she said, only you could see something positive out of this. And I thought, oh, I like this. I'm having a bit of an impact here. Yeah, yeah. That we're always laughing. I'm always joking. I'm always seeing the funny side of things. Obviously, we were devastated to hear about the five months. And I had to go and visit a, a hospice a few weeks later to discuss end-of-life care. And that wasn't wow. a bundle of laughs. But Flip and Eckett is so bring Andy. Mm. But you're here and you're fighting on. And you're, you. I mean, what, what got me from your story listening to you is knowing you as I do a little bit, seeing you talking about your stuff through kind of comedy and lighthearted mm. stuff. But that then enables you to make a statement which you can't argue with it because it's your statement it's your story it's your testimony and well, that's I, I, what was powerful yeah i keep saying to carl beach who i know you had on the show um he probably talked about his earlier onset parkinson's yeah. i've keep saying to him you know we have to do something positive with this none yeah. of us would neither of us would have chosen to be walking this path but we are so if good doesn't come out of it this is a real wasted experience so we've got to bring some good out of it and i hope you know, writing this book will do that. And I hope as I share, as I'm out on the road gigging, that'll help. And uh, people seem to appreciate it. Yeah, I do. Definitely. It's a story that needs to be told. I was chatting to someone recently. They said, you can't argue with someone's testimony. You can, <laughs> you can deny God. You can question faith, exactly. but you cannot argue someone's story, with a yeah, statement. You can argue with, yeah. Because it's their story and uh, your story is amazing. And it's one of hope, which is what excites me. Um, mm. Because you've been through the mill, you've been through the fire, but there's a, a bit Isaiah 43. And it talks about how God isn't around us when we're going through the troubles. He's walking through the flood with us. He's totally. walking with us through the fire. And that seems to be the testimony that you're speaking of so clearly. Totally. It's been amazing. It really is. And I feel closer to God now than I think I ever have. Yeah, which is understandable. I, I kind of get that. Um, I haven't had your cancer scare, but I mean, even atrial fibrillation, which I don't have, I just had one random incident. It does refresh your appreciation of living. <laughs> just a lot yeah, it makes you think about what matters and what doesn't doesn't it oh doesn't it just um have you got any gigs coming up in the next week or two yeah i'm in cheltenham this saturday so that's yep. gonna be a lot of fun uh the following week down in essex somewhere yeah so really every saturday right up to christmas uh, in the old days people used to book me 18 months to to two years in advance these days it's it's more like six weeks andy so i'm not wow. unduly worried that that next year isn't looking very busy yet it's just times are different times have changed haven't they so yeah loving the gigs absolutely loving it. I, i'm not allowed to drive anymore unfortunately so that's a real gutter so i have to have drivers so um that's interesting 
because normally I would drive to Hull and back in one day. Yeah. Um, but obviously Martin isn't used to that. So we stayed the night at the, uh, at the Toby Inn. So that was fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So it's great. Brilliant. Um, how do people find out where you're at? Have you got a, a website people can track you or see what you do? Yep. Steveleg.com is my gig website. I don't tend to put dates on there, but um, follow me on Facebook and I'll say where I am and encourage people to get tickets. And for sorted, sortedmag.com. Do subscribe. Christmas is coming, under 100 days to go. It's a lovely gift for someone that lasts all year. For 36 quid every two months, that'll pop through someone's letterbox. So if you're after a present for a bloke, a teenage son, an older kid, probably, I don't know, 9, 10, it's absolutely perfect and uncle. Great for people who aren't Christians yet as well. So it's an evangelistic tool as well. It's not big and heavy. There's no kumbaya, Lord of the Dance. There's no preaching. There's no religious (laughs) jargon. It's just fun and it's life-changing. And it's brilliant, and we love it. All, all our family from thirteen, eighteen, nineteen. Thank you, Joe and myself. We all love it. It's great. Um, thank you so much, Steve. It's a pleasure uh, speaking to you, finding out some of your journey, your faith, your story, and uh, yeah, we will keep on praying. You've been praying for you every day since I think was it March, April, <laughs> and we'll press on. We'll keep on doing it. So, um, thank you so much for your time. Cheers, pal. Your 24-7 radio is listener supported, which means we are free, online and always pure because of the generous support of our listeners. If you would like to contribute financially, please visit pure247radio.org. If you'd like to find out how we use your money, please visit the Our Cost section. Any donation of any size will help keep us on air and broadcasting for free. Thank you.